Okay. All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today once again in the blockhouse. Outside of the blockhouse right. with people who have come for shelter, <laughs> food, shelter, water. They've come to the safety of the blockhouse. And we put them outside. And we put them outside, the, the safest <laughs> place in a blockhouse. I'm back. You're usually just a once uh, a year friend that we have. A once a year friend. But now you're a twice a year friend. And she's brought from, I, I don't want to mispronounce your, your Colorado. Colorado. <laughs> I was going to call it Calurado. I've never heard Calurado. of it. Calurado. Calurado. Yeah. I don't know. From way far away, from, from ye old Oregon, away. Uh, John. Yes, hello. Hello, it's wonderful to be here. Yes. For the first time. And you, you sought your shelter, and we provided you shelter. And, and sausages. And now you're sausages. here. Yes, before we even get into it. Also, I'm here. Oh, My Kelly. My name's Kelly. Kelly is also <laughs> here as well. Before we get into it, this is a Bob Dylan podcast. Kelly and I, it's usually just a very solitary pursuit. We listen to a Bob Dylan song at random every week. We report back to you with our thoughts about it as an art piece, as a piece of music, as lyrics, all kinds of stuff. And this week... Bus. Huh? Bus. bus. So much bus. So loud. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the pounds in a British long hundredweight. And this week... We listen to yeah, series of dreams. It's right there on the name. Sometimes the British people go out of their way to name shifts wrong. I'm sorry, what's the name of the song? Of a series of dreams. When nothing comes up to the top. Everything. Stays down but it's wounded and comes to a permanent All right, Kelly, we spent the entire week listening to Series of Dreams, but we haven't been listening to it alone. We've been listening to it with our great friends, yes. Kendra and John. Hello. Yes, all day. All day. Before we even get into the, the song itself, what... No, this is less for you, Kendra, more for John. What is your relationship to Bob Dylan? I'm sure people would be interested. Like, do you listen to him a lot? Have you ever heard a song by Bob Dylan? I, I mean, I have definitely heard a song by Bob Dylan. Okay. Uh, his cultural presence is certainly not something that's lost on me, but I've never been a huge Bob Dylan aficionado. I never saw the movie with Kate Blanchett and a bunch mm. of other people playing him. I'm not there. Really yes, I watched I'm not, that. I'm, yeah, I'm not there. Because was... of the podcast only. Oh. It's really good. Do you guys have a whole episode about it? We did. We did. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yes. So, but as far as my personal uh, connection with Bob Dylan, I'm like tangentially interested in the history and all that, but I am a very much going into this podcast as more of an outside casual Bob Dylan fan. Sweet. Mm, like and a, I had not heard this song before. Okay. Like a blind and, I mean, wine taste test. Like a blind wine taste <laughs> We don't do that here. This is good. <laughs> it's a funny yes. voice, you know, it's yeah. like a voice that's never been a one of the great tenors of our time. No. But it's got a, it's got a, it's got a, it's got a timbre and it's got a, a, a projection and it's got a feeling. So. so before we get into the song itself, I mean, what are your initial thoughts on Series of Dreams? We'll start with Kelly because I'm probably just going to ignore you for yep, most of this episode. Fair. But what, what was I'm your, well, <laughs> what was your initial thoughts on, on this song? Uh, upon first listen, I thought, this is a U2 song. Mm. And then I found the U2 song that it is, and then I put it on our playlist. Yes. So and we'll talk about that. That it is a U2 song. So uh, specifically a U2 song with parts of Lenny Bruce thrown in. There's parts in this song where it sounds like 
he just did Lenny Bruce lyrics, talk sung on top of a U2 song. So that's it. It's fine. It sounds very much not like Bob Dylan. It sounds like Lenoir. Fair enough. Yeah, it does have all the hallmarks. Kendra, you've never heard this song before. No. You were last here for for a, a tough one. Ooh, trust yourself. Take me back. Yes. And uh, Kelly said during that podcast that she would never forget Trust Yourself. And it turns out, dear listener, she forgot about it just the other day. <laughs> so it just goes to show Bob Dylan cannot leave lasting scars on your psyche. Time so, heals. But uh, is this better than Trust Yourself? Is this better than Baby, I'm in the Mood for You? These are your Those your were episodes. my songs. Those were my, those were my episodes. I think we universally loved Baby, I'm in the Mood for You. I, I don't think it's a contest. I'm sure you like that song better. <clears throat> if I had to rate the three songs that I have listened to by Bob Dylan, they would be Baby, I'm in the Mood for You, Series of Dreams, oh. and then Trust Yourself. Maybe only because we spent close to six hours scream recording horrible chopped up versions of the song, which was fun but inevitably fruitless. There's only six hours. Oh my God. Trust yourself to do what's right and not be second guess. Don't trust me to show you beauty when beauty may only turn to rust. If you need somebody you can trust, trust yourself. And if you thought that was fun, stay tuned for later on in this episode. <laughs> when we very much do the same thing. Oh, yes. John, you said you've listened to a good number. You probably listened to a lot of, at least yeah. some of the big hits and all, stuff like that. Yeah, a lot of big hits, like Rolling Stone and so forth. I know about, uh, um, I, like, I know about the story of Bob Dylan writing all along the Watchtower yeah. and six months later it being covered and, and, and Bob Dylan just saying, all right, well, that's the version yeah. now by Jimi Hendrix. Totally. Good job, Jimi. Um, but- well, he was like, it came from God, not me anyway. <laughs> So that's cool. Exactly. Battlestar Galactica. And Battlestar Galactica took mm-hmm. that as an entire story plot of <laughs> all along the, the watchtowers. Like the that's the literally that's plot. that the whole plot yeah. hinges upon that song being in the universe. Oh, I absolutely believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, I would say John has heard more songs than I have but it, it, going into this. Yeah. Yes. But, in, but not this one. But not this one. This was the first time for me. And this song was not actually released on a studio album, no. right? It, it was, was not. No. I didn't think so. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of weird in, in that it feels um, it feels like it, it has a direction that it knows but it's I'm sort of torn between thinking that and uh, that Bob Dylan is going is really just being like exactly as it says on the tin about the lyrics about this is just my free thinking dream floaty space yeah. and there really is no specific rhyme or reason or thing to look into with any of this or is he playing 40 chess and... Well, that's what... I mean, dare I into. say, my experience listening to the song felt like I was dreaming. And I and mm. it was like a series of dreams where oh, you can't whoa. you can't sink your teeth into it. They kind of pass by, like flutter by your thoughts. You wake up and you can't remember the lyrics exactly or the words, but there was a, a feeling or a sense presence, and that's what you do remember. And... That was my experience listening to this song. It, oh, wow. it felt very ethereal and, um, yeah, a lot, a lot like it. So you you title. enjoy the vibe then? You you like that? I mean, so a lot of a lot of Bob Dylan fans. Well, I don't even want to lump them in. There is a contingent of Bob Dylan fans that don't 
like this because of its U2ization. It's Daniel Lamois, the producer behind it, mm-hmm. produced a lot of those early U2 records. That sound, you know exactly what we're saying. Yes. Where the Streets Have No Name is on our playlist. This is that song. It's that arena-y shimmer. Yeah, and Bob Dylan doesn't have the arena voice the way that Bono does, so it's really interesting to have him. That's why I think it's interesting. It's so fun to have Bob Dylan, not that person, in a realm that is not where he's supposed to be. But it's fun to have it. I, like I wouldn't turn it away. But you like you like that then. You like the the shimmeriness of it. I do. That, that is, you just enjoy the vibe. And it's not necessarily something I can sink my teeth into. Like I'm not gonna really remember this song. Oh. Uh, but but I like the feeling that it gives me. Which as since I woke up from a very strange series of dreams, I'll tell you, my dream last night was somebody told me to be quiet. But what they said was, you, you should go further into the woods. But they were telling me to be quiet. And my response was I screamed a sonic scream at the top of my lungs. And I don't remember any other part of it. But um, I was reminded of that dream when I listened to this song. As the, as the lyrics came in and the kind of melody came in and then left ever so quickly. And I don't even remember it anymore. So <laughs> saying I like it might be a bold statement. But I did enjoy that very whimsical, ethereal uh, experienced and then forgotten sort of dreamlike yeah. That's good, though. sensation. You were, able, you were able to draw that personal connection with the song. Yeah. Um, which is which is really great. I, I I didn't have as much of that. I was just kinda like, Oh yeah, this is this is a chord. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I'd been able to draw that correlation if the word dreams was not in the title. So since we've been talking a lot about Lanois and just this song in general, you're right. This song was not released on a record of any kind. It was on the bootleg series one through three officially released for the first time. That was in 1991. So this was the start of the still ongoing volume 15 just came out last year of the bootleg series. And this was just a bunch of outtakes basically. And it's fantastic. Uh, this was recorded on March 23rd, 1989. Uh, at the studio, pretty presumptuous, uh, in New Orleans. Uh, we got Bob, Bob Dylan on guitar, uh, Gled, Glenn Fukunaga on bass, Roddy Colonia on drums, Daniel Lanois playing bass, strings and percussion, and guitar, uh, Mason Ruffner on guitar as well, and uh, Sergio Neville from the Neville Brothers on the talking drum. Hmm. Not sure what the talking drum is. Overdubs. Uh, Bob Dylan did an overdub for this a week later on the 30th of March. So again, Bob Dylan going back and rewriting lyrics, changing things, which he always does. Um, A lot of his book that was released in 2004 Chronicles was about Oh Mercy. Spent a long time talking about 1970s New Morning and 1989's Oh Mercy. Two periods where most people don't give a shit and want just to have him talk about the 60s or whatever. But I'm glad he chose two albums that people don't talk about and just went on about it. So he talked specifically about Series of Dreams. He said, quote, we cut series of dreams, and although Lanois liked the song, he liked the bridge better, wanted the whole song to be that. I knew what he meant, but it just couldn't be done. Though I thought about it for a second, thinking that I could probably start the bridge as the main part and use the main part as the bridge. Hank Williams has done that once with a song called Lovesick Blues, but as much as I thought about it, the idea didn't amount to much, and thinking about the song that, that way wasn't healthy. I felt like it was I felt like it was fine anyway. Didn't want to lose myself in thinking too much about changing it. Danny, I think Danny... The, guitarist was uh, struggling to help me make this song work and he cared to and had the confidence to try anything he cared a lot sometimes I thought he cared too much he would have done anything to make this song happen empty the pans wash the dishes sweep the floors it didn't matter all that mattered was him all that mattered to him was getting that certain something and I understood that Wow. And on Daniel Lanois, just in general, because now we, we've talked about Lanois a, a lot. lot. So let's just get it out there. So this is Bob Dylan on Daniel Lanois. Quote, this is from Chronicles as well. Lanois was a Yankee man. 
Come north from Toronto. Snowshoe country. Abstract thinking. Northerners think abstract. When it's cold, you don't fret because you know it's going to be warm again. And when it's warm, you don't worry about that either because you know it'll be cold eventually. <laughs> it's not like in the hot places where the weather is always the same and you don't expect anything to change. Lanois thinking was fine with me. I think abstract too. Lanois is technically minded and he's a musician. He usually plays on every studio record he produces. He's got ideas about overdubbing and tape manipulation theories that he's developed with the English producer Brian Eno and how to, on how to make a record. And he's got strong convictions. But I'm pretty independent too. And I don't like to be told something if I don't understand it. <laughs> that's about that's d damning bob you don't want to put that in a book uh this was the problem we were going i'm sorry this was the problem we were going to have to work through one thing about lanois that i liked was that he didn't want to float on the surface he didn't even want to swim he wanted to jump in and go deep he wanted to marry a mermaid all that was fine with me off and on during the time we were cutting series of dreams he'd say something to me like we need songs like masters of war girl from the north country or with god on our side he began nagging me just about it every day that we that we could sure use some songs like that i nodded i knew we could but i felt like growling i didn't have anything like those songs mm, at least yes. he's honest yeah and certainly not with series of dreams yeah no so um was series of dreams cut from uh, a major album then so it, it would have been on yes and so this speaks to a pension of bob dylan's which is the, a lot of people like the song. I think that there is more to read into the lyrics and stuff. It's it's a great a great word jumble. It's a great like mm -hmm. I, I like what you're talking about when you're saying like waking up from a dream you kind of don't remember stuff. I, I like that feeling. I think people do regard this song pretty highly, and people were shocked later when they found out that this song was not on Oh Mercy. Another song of his called Dignity, a great song, was also left off Oh Mercy because Bob just wasn't, didn't have it done, didn't know. But then you listen to him later and you're like, holy shit, this is way better than kind of some of the, you know, mediocre songs you were putting out. So this was definitely one that was not put on a record. Nobody really knows why, but Bob Dylan will go on to say, I'll quote him in a bit, that it's just too long. It's too long of a song, which mm -hmm. is weird because he's released a 17 minutes long song on his but, latest album. But, but this is six minutes of pretty much the same song for six minutes. Yeah, it is. Part. And even the drums and everything. It, this was part of Rolling Stone's top 20 Bob Dylan songs of the 1980s. It was not a ranking. It was just chronological. But again, high regard for this song in general. People do talk about it when they're talking about the end of the 80s, especially. Uh, he's played the song only 10 times total in his career. Uh, September 8th, 1993, for the first time. That was at Wolf Trap in, in my neck of the woods in Virginia. And the last time was April 12th, 1994. Uh, he's ended up playing songs like Born in Time, God Knows. We we did God Knows was like number episode 12 for us, I think. And uh, Series of Dreams, he's played those songs more than other Oh Mercy songs. So songs that were cut from these records, uh, the first two I mentioned were on his next album, but um, they were demoed during this time. And he's played those songs more than any of the other songs that actually were released for Oh Mercy, which people do highly regard. He just, for some reason, didn't really care that much so about Bob it. So Bob really likes Series of Dreams. No, he's only played it ten times. Oh. So, but he likes "Born in Time" and "God Knows," which we've done he, episodes likes, on both of those. He likes the songs that that ended up not being, ended up on the cut of it, even though yeah. Pull them up. But I mean, but not this one. From what it seems, Bob Dylan is a bit pretty fierce revisionist. I mean, that's evident too in the versions that we heard. Yeah. how different they are. And we make fun of the BobDylan.com all the time here, but it's not so much that that it, the lyrics are wrong. It's that. Bob doesn't give a shit what he recorded. So when he has a chance to go back through, in 2004, he re-released his lyrics. All the lyrics on BobDylan.com are, for the most part, copywritten from that time. And they're all 
rewrites Different. of the songs. So he's like, oh yeah, no, I recorded it like that for sure. But you know what? I wanted it to say something totally different. Or, hey, I definitely recorded that whole verse. Take it out. And so when we're doing the lyrics here, Kelly will print it off in her booklet, and it's just completely wrong because... Total luck of the draw, which Total luck of the draw, right. So there's just so many versions of the song. It's, it's evolved so much. Yeah. Or they're and going Bob, off of a thing that he basically transcribed after the fact. Is, is Dylan perhaps a, a kind of a never-leave-well-enough-alone type of artist? Like, he's always just kind of changing things Absolutely. in there. And All of it. He, George Lucas, is a lot of the songs. Yeah, sure. and the songs are uh, the songs uh, are different, uh, too. I mean, that's the thing. He just Every song has a different style. Going to see him live, I wish more artists were like him. You know, and some artists have a definitely a much better stage presence than he does. But uh, for the most part, you're going to a show, you're going to get exactly what's on the album. Bob doesn't, doesn't do that. He plays every song differently, which is more yeah. fun. Oh yeah, I'll it's change the tempo. I'll do whatever. Or if he's playing, he's now a you know uh, an old standards guy playing with uh, violins and like chilled out music. Well, he well does that with I'm his music play style, like a Rolling Stone like that, and he just doesn't think twice about he, it. Like. Even through the course of his whole discography, he changes his style and he changes the way that he performs and the way that he writes music and the style that he performs so many times. Yeah. And he's never stuck in one particular mode or another. Which I think is like, oh my God, um, going through with old ACDC videos and stuff and then all the way up to now, they play Back in Black the same way every time. And I'm like, I could not, man. For 40 years, you play that song the same way for 40 years? Like for Bob, who tours literally all the time, Non-stop. Never ending. You course. have to change it, or you will go crazy. Yeah. Man, I wonder if that's a marketing thing. It seems like like, it's a, like oh. the man, the man that be is like, no ACDC, you no, must play back in yeah. 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 same way. Like you don't care. You're just doing uh, it to get the money and leave the stage. It's yeah. like, okay, I'll put yeah. on my short pants. It's what everyone wants to hear. They want to hear yeah. back in black. They want to hear it the way they've always heard Right. It. Whereas Bob is like, no, I'm a free, creative, I'm glowing an spirit, an and you're going to get artist. something new every time. I mean, for what it's worth, it is different because the bloated corpse of Axl Rose is now singing instead of Bon Scott. Oh. Or what's his name? The other one. The Bon Scott died in the Bon Scott died in uh, yeah, 1980. Brian Johnson? That's the yeah. Because he left too. So, yeah, if you want a real treat, just watch. Uh, Axl Rose trying to sing any ACDC song from two, 2016. And it's I don't want to. Really, really sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds really sad. You know what else was a treat? Watching the music video. For, yeah. yeah. For this video. So uh, you guys don't know. Uh, you might know, but we do a thing called Music Video Month around here. Uh, this is also the final Music Video Month, so... You hit your horse to the wrong wagon, sir. <laughs> uh, no, this is the this is our last music video month. We've watched all of Bob Dylan, you know, a lot of Bob Dylan videos uh, over every summer so far. This is year three of this, uh, and there was a video for Series of Dreams. I think it was uh, to basically try to um, sell the Boulay series volume one through three, if you will. Uh, this was the final song on that collection. And at the time, this would have been the most recent song that came out in 1991. So if you're listening to it, that bootleg series goes chronologically. This is the last one in theory at that moment, someone bought that CD or whatever. And it's like, this is where Bob Dylan is in time. Um, so it's very interesting that they made a video out of it. And uh, you guys weren't here last week for thunder on the mountain, but Kelly, this was, this was Thunder on the Mountain was essentially a remake of this. Less stylized. Only with less style. Yeah. What, what's your take on that element of it? Like comparing the two, I think yeah. it's, it's definitely better because I like the little artsy flares and like the aha moments. It's really fun and <laughs> bizarre choices of words to put on the screen. At mm. one point, they break up the word "frozen" into two syllables. It says "fro." Yeah. Zen. zen. At one point, one I mean, of the words zen. that was titled was just "into." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. or nothing will be yeah, no. A thing. No. Definitely Thin the most a. important part of this whole little phrase. Into. Did I'm curious if Daniel or Kelly, if you watched any other music videos of his in the same time frame, and was it exactly the same? Because my when I watched this video, it felt kind of disjointed. Like this should be a part of a collection. Like is this music video carrying on yeah. from a different one and it, moving it into another have, one? It, it did have the Bob mm. Dylan with the with the lyrics written on the signs and he's just folding the signs. Oh yeah, I mean, so my gosh, different scenes through his whole life. Yeah, Yeah, and so last last week we did Thunder on the Mountain, which was essentially this. All of the music videos, just minus all the styles, no lyrics popping up. Just clips of performances. Just clips of playing. And sometimes it will do illusions of like, uh, you know, the song says like lean back or something and then you get Bob Dylan in the music video leaning back. There's an unfortunate line about a cow and there's there's a a scene of him with a cow. I I sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. thank you for repeating that. Yep. That was the lyric. I sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. And we have Again. Uh, Bob Dylan uh, it, with a cow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So okay. they were, they okay. were, you could, so basically what happened was they knew that they had footage of Bob Dylan with the cow and they worked backwards from there. So and said, I mean, we got to build a whole yeah. video. Oh no. Doesn't, isn't this like series of dreams? No, 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 no. Listen, we have <laughs> Bob Dylan and a cow and the line is sucked a milk out of a thousand cows. I mean, that's amazing, and we need I mean, a copy, video paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. Absolutely. Um, but uh, no, so there is no... There's con- no original footage shot for this music video. It's that all like, recycled it, footage it for this video. It is not. Okay. It is. And it's also been manipulated. I mean, I like it because mm-hmm. there are moments of the faces kind of coming together. There's a lot of different styles. Well, you mentioned about the styling yeah. of this video and, and the absence of it in other videos. This video is mm-hmm. very styled, and... Kelly, you mentioned AHA. It definitely, like, it's kind of quote-unquote animated on twos. Like, it's sort of this 12 frames per second choppy feel, but it is very, like, it's spread. It's like smearing paint yeah. in the style. Well, because, like, AHA's is more like a rotoscoping thing, but in mm-hmm. black and white, where this is mm-hmm. definitely like a like a blurred, intentionally, like, painting kind of moment. And in the theme of wayward, meaningless dreams, mm-hmm. it definitely fits. I it, think. Definitely it definitely fits, fits the well. vibe of the... Where there's Song. like amorphous and you can't really get a grasp mm-hmm. on something or exactly. you for a second and then like it's you, gone. Very you see something ethereal. on screen and you're just like, what did I just see? I can't, I couldn't even But you're already on the next it. thing. Yeah. You're already on the, on the next thing. And exactly. it's more, I think it's more inspired even if we go back to the cow thing. The cow thing, That's working right. back behind from the cow is not good. But I think they, they, we saw the same shot last week of Bob Dylan riding the train. I think it was from Don't Look Back and or Read the, the Document. Um, face painting stuff from uh, yeah all the face sure sure that's definitely been around too but there was this one shot of him riding a train and that was basically most of this video was that was him you know this this version of Bob Dylan is the one having all of these dreams. He's like the guy rocking in the, the train station. He's got a window, so things are happening out the window. And we constantly kind of go back to him as he's like, that that all that context is gone now because we just get this character who's like really looking grave and stricken and he's constantly like shuffling back and forth on the train seat. And there are moments where he'll back away and then back forward and there'll be like etchings of a face, like another face on his. And then as he comes to the fore, it's just his face. So it's like all these creepy things that they're doing uh, it's very interesting that it's just like I think the video is like just having that one thing grounded and then everything else built, built out of it but it's also just kind of crazy because yeah you're doing a lot of pop culture stuff you're doing a lot of Jack Kerouac out of nowhere mm-hmm. I think you get shots of his, his parents and his own life I mean oh, yeah is the, the gravestone of Jack Kerouac just like just appears out of nowhere hanging out with Ginsburg again that, you know all of that up to the time that was all the video they had Ronaldo and Clara was the movie he made and don't look back and eat the document from the 1960s was what they made and you know the the subterranean homesick blues video with him with the cards was in don't look back so mm-hmm. all they had was that 
and it's, it's just like working with that. It's honestly kind of impressive, like given the notion that this is a music video made with already existing footage, already stock footage mm-hmm. for them. It's kind of impressive that they were able to make something that, uh, if maybe not so completely original, did have an original feel to it and fit the song very appropriately. Yeah, yeah, they were able to sew together a narrative at least a little bit with the train, like the constancy of that. Yeah. Music. When was the music video made? Do you 92? know? 92. Ninety-two. Okay. Yes, that that feels very appropriate <laughs> yeah. for the CGI yes. and. Mm-hmm. Editing sequences, yeah. yes, very 90s. There, there's a lot of choices you wouldn't make today, but I could still see a video like this being made. Yeah, but it would, but I, you might lean too hard into like new technology. I yeah. like how like it might be, how it feels like they were doing is. that in 1992. Know, but, <laughs> but that was as far as they could go. They didn't yeah. have all the After Effects, so it's okay. But is it peak? Is it? Did they peak then at that moment? It was. Is this the best music so. video ever? Okay. No, no. This was actually nominated for a Grammy Award. Wow. The, wait, wait, the when? song or the when? music video? This music video. Oh, okay. oh, that's what the Grammys are. Music video nominated for a Grammy for best music video. They I don't do know that? if they still do it. Really? In 1992, they know it wasn't original footage, right? They know they were just that, using Microsoft 95. Oh, sorry, 92. Yeah. Why would... Uh, pieces in a vacuum. But I mean, yes. it, but having original footage, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. That's not a prerequisite for a That's video. not a prerequisite yeah. for a video. Why would, okay. it, why would it matter? I mean, Johnny Cash is hurt. Yeah. Would you say that that's not a good music video? I ask of you. <laughs> yeah. And all it is is just flashbacks of his, of his life. Oh, no. It's very, it's perfectly appropriate it, for the context of the song. Well, and the way that he, Johnny Cash, recontextualizes the song. Yeah. And I heard from John that this is a perfect uh, video for the song. So I think, yes. uh, Kendra, please. But yeah, I wonder please, if, there, if that's still a category at the Grammys. Oh, I, I can't be a category, right? I feel like once MTV Movie or Music Awards, yeah. Music Video Awards, isn't that what it's called? The MTV Music Video Awards? Yes. Oh. I'll figure like once that had legs, but that started in the eighties too, right? Or it would have been 90s. like the late eighties. I mean, it yeah. would have been pretty new. I could see the Grammys getting on board. Yeah. I mean, they definitely did, like when folk exploded. We had to capture the youth. They had a folk best folk album for like eleven years, and then oh. 71, 72 was the last time you saw that. So they they definitely changed. They go with the times, you know. Um, what did it lose to though? You ask. I heard you ask. One of you did for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you think it lost to? Nineteen ninety one. Who, who was popular? Whitney Houston? Not Whitney Houston. Madonna. It was a rock band. It was another rock band. 91? U2. U2's big. Pearl Jam is a big band. Chili Peppers? Oh. Not just Chili Peppers would be, that's a good guess. R.E.M. Of course, yeah. of course. Oh. This song losing is so R.E.M. Losing My Religion. Well, it was Losing My Religion. Mm-hmm. So that won a Grammy for the 1992 Music Video of the Year. Of course it did. Uh, this was also produced. I couldn't find any information about uh, who directed it, which I don't think it was a direction. No, it, uh, was, it, clearly a it was a photo edited. It yeah. edited. Yes. So it was done by Windmill Lane Production. And I was like, what the fuck is this? IMDb tells me that they did about 10 things over the course of only about three or four years in the early 90s. Most of them were U2 things. And then I'm like, okay, looking this up. Windmill Lane is where U2 recorded Boy October, War, Joshua Tree, Pop, All That You Love, Leave Behind, Zeropa, all of their albums were done there and they pr- created a production team which Lanois definitely had his grubby hands oh, on. Sure. And you too, too. I mean, Bob Bob Dylan uh, wrote a song with Bono as well during this time period, too. Mm. He definitely had a connection to you, too. I think that they're... Okay, so there was friends. a direct influence. So in this way, it's I It's not think, a coincidence. Cause, right. Because it's a, an influence you can all the way to hearing in the song. Yeah. It's there. It's present. And it's unmistakable. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think with this, because it was the song that was chosen, even if Bob 
I'm sure he doesn't hate Daniel Lenoir, but I'm sure he had already moved on. Under the Red Sky came out in 1990 specifically to contrast Oh Mercy when he was like, I don't want these vibes. I just want to rock and roll with Slash. Hmm. And and what's his yes. name? Elton John is oh, on the album yeah. too. All this oh, crazy Ringo. shit. Ringo's there. Yeah, everyone's, he's like, I want. I just want to rock and roll. Oh, Terrible gosh. rock music. But kind of a rebuke of Good this. members of, of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Although, like, and again, all one you have Slash, and then you're like, Slash, just play four chords. Thank you. No <laughs> solos. No, please. Don't do anything. But, yeah, no. So I think that they probably just had a deal with this Windmill Lane Productions, and they just put it out as this this thing. Because, uh, yeah, they only had a couple other videos, and they were mostly for U2. And I'm sure they're probably stylistically just like this. Have you seen any of U2's videos? I can't remember. Are they remember. the same? I've, I can't feel like I've ever seen a U2 music video. Definitely in 2000. Um, stage, like a filming of a stage performance. They were in the f- hangar. Vertigo? Ver- yeah. Vertigo. I know how. That was the album. Yeah, Wasn't yeah. that the album before the new album that was on everyone's Yeah, iPhones? yeah. That's okay. all that you love, you leave. Yeah. You Welcome leave to our new U2 podcast. <laughs> this is a this is basically like a part U2 song. Yeah. It's, it's basically it is. in it. Would it's, you recommend this video to somebody? It, it, like even for a Bob Dylan fan, it's I mean it's pretty neat, I think. I never yeah. saw this when I was younger. I feel like it has novelty. It's it has kind of fun. It, oh, not too much novelty because it's for use, but uh, there is something to it, I okay. want to say, even having not seen the other footage, the yeah. other videos that this is cobbled together from. Like, I mean, there's definitely Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's it's recycled footage or not, it is like it is for this song and it is Bob and Dylan. at least it's stylized because it is stylized. taken directly <laughs> and just put into Thunder on the Mountain there is no fun yeah. it's literally just the I, clips I mean, we're com- clips we're comparing but. it to the take on me video so mm. that's at least where it stands yeah. at the very bare minimum for, for... I think recommend is a strong mm. word here <laughs> uh, I think I would come off as extremely pretentious if I was like listen buddy you I got a music video for you I would series of dreams um, if by chance that person went and watched series of dreams god I would feel like an asshole uh, <laughs> this isn't to say that the music video Damn isn't me. bad <laughs> Um, I haven't seen a lot of Bob Dylan music videos, and I just feel like I'd be talking out my ass okay. if I was like, hey, I know what I'm talking about. I, I just don't. I've seen, seen that dreams. Um, but, but if you want to see a cool music video that uh, has a kind of like that take on me sort of vibe, if you want a nice U2 influenced Bob Dylan song, hey, I know this one. Got it up my sleeve. Here you go. Ace of series of dreams. And yes. Kelly, you. How do you like this in the whole scope of Bob Dylan videos? We've seen some good ones, like Tight Connection to My Heart. I think because there's so few, it's like, just watch this one also. You can watch all those videos. Also, we're a music video month, so you should already be doing your homework if you're listening to the podcast. So, yeah, I mean, How many Bob Dylan music videos are there? I'd say there's probably about 20 20 total. And how many songs are there again? Remind me. 600. That's how many episodes you're doing. (laughs) We're, we're, We're under 400 now. So like three, I think three ninety five probably left. So, Woo, so we'll be done because it depends on what you count as a song. We'll be done in 20, uh, 20 years. Wasn't thinking of anything specific, like in a dream when someone wakes up and screams. Nothing to very scientific. Just. Think
charm Set the one see with your eyes Wasn't making any great connection Wasn't falling for any intricate scheme Nothing that would pass inspection And just think So let's get into the meat of the song itself. We've all listened to the song. Dare say we all love the song. We don't love the song. But we are, uh, we've obviously been talking a lot about it. Kelly, you mentioned something during our Rough and Rowdy Ways, you know, first listen about Bob Dylan taking new music and um, it sort of, you know, sounds like the Black Keys and like Mm. he's definitely channeling stuff there. I think that he's actually been doing that for a long time. Like you're right, but you're right throughout his whole career too. Like he definitely blazed the way in the 60s creating a style that people emulated but as he said himself i can't do that stuff now he's not a he's not a a forerunner in style anymore the way that he was before but i think he's definitely somebody who looks at something like you too and is like i'm gonna take this shit like this is good they're popular i want to sell my record i need to get daniel lanois stat so i think he's been doing that stuff a lot and this sound is clearly I mean, the whole thing from Mo Mercy is just, it sounds like a U2 record. So, it's unmistakable. So, so that wasn't, that was partly Dylan. That wasn't just the production. That was, that was partly Dylan's call. I, I think Dylan wanted it, yeah. Well, he gets the final say. I mean, the guy's got so much cachet at Columbia. If he wants it mm. a different way, he would have done it a different way. Yeah. I think if he hated this at the end of it, he would have said no. Yeah. What I mean, like, I guess he kind of did in the end, he right? He did say no. Cut it from the album. It's yeah. not in it. Uh, he's at once. He, I don't see him like straight up. Yeah, cutting the song maybe, but cutting the whole album. I don't. Oh, I yeah, mean, that would no, be no, wild no, if yeah. there are some of those. But he's he's definitely of the mind of like, okay, well, I did this and I don't like it, and so I'm immediately going to once I'm done with these two sessions, I'm already writing songs for my next album that's going to be vastly different from this one, as a rebuke. I mean, that's exactly what he did. He was like, I didn't like this, so I'm going to go do it. But then, did you not like it because in '97 for his comeback, quote unquote, he came back to Lanois. Lanois did his 97 album so like that clearly one, is that one really u 2 too it's, it's very swampy but i mean u 2 i don't think works anymore u 2 is like yeah that sound is old it sound is old right even yeah. though u2 continues yeah through that whole time period. well bono now. will never die we'll love him forever <laughs> and ever <laughs> wow <laughs> guess point of variation yeah. in at least the the version the first version we listened to which has the most U2E vibe to it. it it's in that culmination that bridge you know there's the whole story with that bridge of like building mm. the song around it and and the version with the bridge you can feel that crescendo you can feel that point that culmination of this is the precipice of the song this is what the song is building to for three and a half minutes and that in that version the one on the bootleg series one through three is way more U2E mm-hmm. than the the one on the Bootleg Series Volume 8. It has the flow of it. It's, it has, yeah. It has like a story arc up and down kind of thing. And it kind of keeps coming back at you because they definitely repeat the bridge and then at yes. the end just like just thinking of a series of dreams you know it's kind of repeating Building, chord progression. Do you know what that Ooh. sound was? There's an organ and like a synth in there too. And the talking uh-huh. drum whatever that is. I mean I'm sure that's, that's just a drum pad. I'm sure it's something like this it's like oh, some cool. kind of controller where somebody's just 
But there are there blue man grouping it up. But we there, brought the Neville brothers in just to like. There definitely is like there is something with the drums and the way they progress in that version of the song. Mm-hmm. When it comes to that bridge, it does. There's there's like a fill, a crash, and then there's a change up in the beat yeah. that does that that indicates hey this is this whole different part of the song totally and it does feel very u 2 in that specific element of this execution i think yeah on top of the 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 arena sound the the classic u2 production where bono is supposed to come in and go <laughs> as loud as he can why isn't that on this song? Why isn't that <laughs> yeah, on this song? Yeah, we just need some Bob. Because uh, it's Bob Dylan talk singing his way through. Oh, yeah. Bob screaming. Bob Dylan doesn't do the arena shout. Yeah. The only, the, the, in terms of continuity, this song to me seemingly is written. The very first, that first verse is the same across all mm-hmm. all songs, including all the, even ones that are bootlegged um, and the ones he's played live. I was thinking about a series oh, of okay. dreams where nothing comes up to the top everything stays down where it's wounded and comes to a permanent stop wasn't thinking of anything specific like a dream when someone wakes up and screams nothing too scientific just thinking of a series of dreams and then there's another there's a second i mean it just repeats there either way but in the in the second version there's an added verse to the first verse there's yes a where the middle and the bottom drop out And you're walking out of the darkness And into the shadows of doubt Wasn't going to any great trouble In believing it's whatever it seems Nothing too heavy to burst the bubble Just thinking of a series of dreams A little better And then uh, another version of that uh, on, a, on another outtake is thinking of a series of dreams where the time and tempo fly so instead of dragging or um is there a switch up in out, the tempo when that happens i think no. he's just fucking around with like what's the tempo doing this time it's flying it's dragging <laughs> it's bottoming out so uh, cool i'm it's gonna get some new rhymes in here I, that's basically all it is like <laughs> what rhymes with fly let's try that now uh a tempo fly and there's uh and there's no exit in any direction except for the ones you can't see with your eyes mm-hmm. wasn't making any great connection wasn't falling for any intricate scheme right nothing would pass on inspection just a series of dreams so uh just a tiny change in terms of the um if uh if if bob dylan performed the song now like i'm gonna do an 11th he says do it 11 times uh, he, wh- what do you think would be different if he did in like 2020? How would he change the lyrics again? How much would he? Don't give him. Would that he cut much stuff out? Come on. Would he add stuff in? Would he oh, make he, stuff poignant to the current times? To or? the to, I think he'd make it poignant to his own life. I mean, he yeah. we've tangled up in blue so many mm-hmm. so many uh, songs that we've talked about where he will take it live and it will become it was a love song and then it will become a hate song. It will become just the inverse of what it what it was or if he's feeling apocalyptic today or if he'll come in with some fire and brimstone shit and change it all around emphasize that over the others and then we get the weird uh bridge i mean it's just is it weak i don't know dreams where an umbrella is folded what the hell and into the path you are hurled and the cards are no good that you're holding unless they're from another world now that's pretty fun you're, yeah, I like you that. You like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I like that in the video. It made a point to put the word umbrella on the screen. <laughs> yeah, umbrella was just on screen for that. But it is it is kind of interesting that cards are no good you're holding. It, is, it puts you in such a dreamlike fugue state. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It feels like conceptually 
Like if your umbrella is closed, it's like your third eye is closed. You're not open to receiving. Like you have these cards in your hand. They're from another world. It's like this really powerful token that you have, but you don't know how to read it or understand right. it or how to apply it to your life. Like you're endowed with these incredible universal gifts and you don't exactly know how to use them. Right. Which is very dreamlike. Yeah. Just like the exit that you can't see with your eyes. Yeah. Also, uh, symbolism alone. I mean, the umbrella being folded. Yeah, you can read that however way it applies to your life, right? It means you didn't go somewhere. It means things aren't working in your life, whatever the thing might be. I mean, this sounds really poetic. Yeah. I mean, it's... He... And it sounds really good. Like, the way that he talks, sings all of it. Like, when he gets into a flow with the cadence of his voice, I feel like it. he really hits a stride. And this song is good overall because of the imagery in it. But I don't know how much... I'm so jaded when it comes to a lot of this stuff. I'm like... You could. You could go deep as you want to. And, like, that's any good art or poetry. But for me, I'm always just like, yeah, he just wrote some shit that sounded cool. Like, that's what it was. And, like, how much of Bob Dylan is just him being like, ah, someone's going to interpret this in some super elaborate way, whatever. It's actually BS. Or, like, he he really pours his heart into it and is like, this has this deep secret meaning and this deep secret meaning. Like, maybe we'll never know. But while on top of it, he's, like, literally stating, I don't have any special meaning for this. Or do I? That's what I do That's lives. the card. That's what he plays all the time. That, that's the card he's holding that we can't read. to read into here. No. And I genuinely believe he writes whatever he wants. Like, this is from his heart. Like, the, this is things that he's really feeling. Have we established on this podcast that Bob Dylan is an avatar of the higher realms? Oh, he, man. he gives Certainly us these not. special magic, sacred well, we messages. <laughs> I mean, for me, as someone who doesn't fully digest Bob Dylan, but is kind of aware of him tangentially and creating all of these songs that then get covered, and he's like super cool with that because he's just channeling this divine message, it seems like that I'm cool categorizing him in my mind that way. I mean, he that's the interpretation, pretty straightforward interpretation of him being like, the songs existed before, yeah. they just come mm-hmm. to me, like They're I'm the, the, yeah, the avatar for the, the songs. They just... Well, I think that's cool. It is cool. I mean, it's all cool. It sounds great. But you're also describing kind of what writing is. Like, on some level, you sit down, you pop something out, and yet, it... it, Where did it come from? I mean, it came from you, right? You just create a vessel of... Or are you the vessel? Whatever happened. That's the word I was looking for, vessel. Yeah. All of us are just hollow tubes for divine transmission. All right. Or... Or we're not. Maybe I tried really hard at songwriting. (laughs) <laughs> you too could be a hollow tube. Ah, <laughs> uh, you too. Yeah, that's a, you too could be a hollow tube. We close here, John, by asking: it, Does this song work in 2020? Well, like, like it hasn't aged in some horrible way, for sure. That's Except for the music video. Except for the music video and its it. editing style. <laughs> love it. I love the zing. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I feel like I would, I could recommend the. Hmm. Even the the overproduced U two version more so, just because I think I feel like it has more to it, if anything. Um, but just the the overall culmination in this song is so weird, so hard to define, yeah. so hard to like point to with your finger compared to other songs. It's yeah. it's almost like I want other people to experience this with me, so I can be like, well, what do you got? <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Was this real or was it just real? a this series of dreams? Oh. <laughs> Are we dreaming right now? I don't know. In that sense, yeah, I yeah. think it definitely works in 2020. Hell yeah. In that context. Um, although I definitely understand where Kendra's coming from on the recommendation front of being like, 
uh, if I just go around being like, you guys have to listen to the song by Bob Dylan and this music video, and it wasn't on any of the albums, I would just, uh, I would be the first person to just back away slowly. Yeah. I know. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Although, again, like, I love the idea of anyone out there doing that. It just really <laughs> pleases me of like, of all the songs. It's like, you've got to listen to Series of Dreams right now, you asshole. I love it. I mean, no one would ever do that for this song. This song is fine, but no. It's fine. Yeah. That's fine. But it is not. But for that, eh, okay. No. I would, I would recommend this song, mm. if only to be with you. See you too No, no, just kidding. Um, I do actually really like this song. Yeah. Like, it is really cool. I agree with John where it's like, um, I just had this weird experience. I don't know if it was real or not. Can you listen to the song and verify that we had this experience collectively so I know I'm not going insane? Um, that would be you how I would for sure. approach recommending this song to somebody. But do you think it works in 2020? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Is it, it just it, pure nostalgia? Is it just like the sound of U2 and you're like, oh, Bob Dylan did U2 one time? And is that like, is that its enduring appeal? Is that it's kind of, you know, the arena sound with Bob Dylan doing it? Or does, yeah. I, like, does that I, I early YouTube stuff come around like in a way I, where it's like, oh, I this I think it stands alone. Yeah. Like when I first heard this song, when we were all listening to it together, I didn't make that correlation until Kelly said something. And then I was like, oh yeah, this is very YouTube. And then we heard where the streets have no name yeah. and it was like, oh, that's his so but I, I do pills, feel like this song still stands on its own. Like, I, I didn't necessarily think, oh, wow, this is a direct ripoff. Uh, not at all. No, and it's, it's not. It's, it's a beautiful song, and it's really ethereal. It sounds like an original U2 song. Like, it doesn't sound like a, another U... It doesn't sound exactly like Streets Have No Name. But if, if Bono was singing this song, it could easily fit on that Joshua Tree album. Like if it, he was singing totally this song? What would yeah. it sound like what if Bono like, sang... What would the song sound like being sung? This instead of talk song, yeah. Song. Instead of, yeah, instead of Bob Dylan. I don't know. I, oh, I mean, talking-wise, yeah. I don't know I don't a whole know, lot of you two talk songs. Yeah, and I don't know. You, you can get all the lyrics in if you don't deliver it the way that he does. He kind of just like does Bono's going to oversing it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He's going to stretch out the it's syllables. Gonna, and he's or he's going to, like, rap it. And it's going to be really bad yeah. or something, yeah. Right. I do really like kind of the, the spoken poetry deliverance mm-hmm. that a lot of Dylan songs have. In a way, it can be even more powerful than the elongated mm-hmm. va- vowel, vocal vowels of Bono's voice because you can understand it more deeply. Um, in kind of different senses, like you, you resonate more with a with a melody um, in one way, but you can also resonate more with really understanding and being able to digest the lyrics in real time yeah. instead of having to look them up or have them sink in afterwards That you, now that you've listened to the melody. I, mean, I definitely had to have the lyrics printed out to understand this Bob Dylan song. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yes. <laughs> but it's true, and I think that's a, a definitely, um, you know, a part of his style and and just probably all the praise that he gets for that is that people try to imitate this, but mm-hmm. the way he does it is just so great. And it really does make the lyrics seem, even if they're not, they're more elevated, more elevated yeah. than they are. And in this case, I think you're right. People probably read into this way too much, uh, but it is just a fun song about. I dreams. like that. He emphasizes the conceptuality of his poetry over the sound of the music a lot of the time. I think that's a really incredible blend of arts and media. It's Which interesting between the two versions that the, what we're taking out of the, the more U2 one is uh, the organ and the synth are not there and the version that Bob liked better without the bridge and his voice there's way more reverb like the mixing on it his voice is a lot higher it's a lot more bass in it so you can hear more clearly yeah so I think it's funny mm-hmm. that he's the one that I like better is the one where you hear me the best please turn down the instruments sir versus the U2 version it really does have almost not like the um, specter wall of sound but there is like a bigger like feels more like a complete it feels like a, more of a pool than a salad you know like everything's close together. to specter as he's gonna get yeah, yeah. 
Does this work in 2020? Thanks for asking, Daniel. Uh, I think it it doesn't really. I mean, I think if you like it, because for me, again, it instantly conjured you two. Instantly conjured uh, Cranberries, which I put on there not only because Dreams is in the title, but because that shimmering sound of the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. It's really... And I don't think it's a bad thing. I fucking live for the '90s, so like, that's great. If you if you like you too, you're never gonna get bored of it. So it's always gonna work for you. And I think you're either nostalgia factor. I think is strong no matter what. But and, and luckily, there's not an overproduction on it where the synths are like funky and instantly dated. It doesn't feel dated, but it does no. feel old. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. So yes, it's still fun to listen to, but. No, I don't know that it works today because you can instantly point pinpoint that's that's in the nineties. That's what I'm. It's never going to feel like it came out. 10 I years. was getting to that too, where it's like I don't think we've come full circle with that sound. Yeah. I think that it's still like all all the synth pop from the eighties is now. Yeah. Like you can listen to that's churches, true. and you and you could also be listening to Billy Ocean from yeah. the eighties. Yep, so it is right on yeah. back. And that's why if if things are circular like that, then I I think maybe in ten years this will feel more we'll be fresh. Back to the 90s again. When we're kind of back, if that's the way things work out. But even if we don't, even if it's not a circle, I think that when we are back in the nineties which will happen sometime uh, this will be this will sound but I don't think we're there yet yeah. and so when you th- when you hear it it's and I think it's just because U2 is still a band yeah. and uh, and unfortunately they like it's not they're not Bob Dylan they never tried to really change their sound ever no. so they are that sound and that sound was just such they had a whole fucking decade of sound that's just them uh, it's amazing to even think about I, I don't really listen to them I don't but they really were the most popular act well Ed the Edge ever the Edge Every time you say it, you just want to punch him in the face a little bit. I love him. He just wears a beanie. And his fucking beanie. It's, like... it's, it's iconic, man. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. Away from him. Um, yeah. He, like, pioneered that guitar sound of yeah. playing over the delay to it. So oh, it yeah. sounds like three fucking guitars at once. So that to be able to make an image for yourself, for that branding, man, he's got the branding. You cannot it's take it away from him. Good stuff. Yeah. And so I think until U2 is not a band... Like either they break up or stop, you know. And the sound finally becomes vintage and something and nostalgic. Yeah. Can't be cool again. Yeah, because even sixty stuff, people make that kind of garage rock sound. Even like Bob Dylan, Blonde on Blonde, like people play the style of that Wild Mercury sound, and it sounds fine. Like you can like pinpoint that it's the sixties, but we've already had that variation come around again. And I think once you do it twice, it then just kind of sinks to the into the point where it's like. Okay, there are just bands making this type of music, or they're going to experiment with that type of music, yeah. right? And I think Bob Dylan made the sound of U2, and that's interesting in yeah. and of itself. This is not the first time that we've dealt with dreams on this podcast, Kelly. Uh, Born in Time, he's got the lines, In the lonely night, in the blinking stardust of the pale blue light, you're coming through to me in black and white when we were made of dreams. That We did a song that was that? Episode 42. All right. <laughs> this year, we did a song called New Morning, that has a, has a lyric. I remember that one. <laughs> Can't you feel the sun is shining, groundhog running through the country stream? This must be the day that all of my dreams came true. Because I saw that groundhog. The dream <laughs> theme. Steals trap. Episode 24. We, uh, Dear Landlord. Dear Landlord, please don't put a price on my soul. My burden is heavy. My dreams are beyond control. That was from 1967. Same album as uh, All Along the Watchtower. And then just last week, Thunder on the Mountain. Shame on your greed. Shame on your wicked uh, schemes. I'll say this. I don't give a damn about your dreams. Wow. That's a little fire and brimstone. That's very turning it around on the dreams theme. 
Then we also have Bob Dylan. Uh, I, I was just like, what? When else does he mention dreams? He mentions dreams as a place. I mentioned Dignity earlier, another song that could have been on Mercy. I love that song, like one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs. And he's got a line in here, just a couplet that's, um, someone show me a picture I just had to laugh. Dignity never been photographed. I went into the red. I went into the black, into the valley of dry bone dreams. Ooh, I mm. love that. Doesn't he have like a 115th dream or something song? Bob Dylan's 115th dream, absolutely, is the name of a of a song title. Spoiler alert. He talks about other people's dreams often as well. In the future, we're going to get, it's Christian period, when you're going to wake up, he says, you got some big dreams, baby, but in order to dream, you got to still be asleep, mm-hmm. implying that you need to wake up to Jesus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just a perfect. Talk Coral. about the mind right there. Uh, the, the, their brains clicked at oh, the yeah, same we, moment. We just do that. So there's a lot of dreamery. Yeah, and in the great I and I, uh, been, been so long since a strange, strange woman has slept in my bed. Uh, look how sweet she sleeps. How free must be her dreams. We have the Great Gates of Eden, also from uh, Bringing It All Back Home back in 1965. He says, at dawn, my lover comes to me and tells me of her dreams with no attempt to shovel the glimpse into the ditch of what each one means. At times, I think there are no words, but these to tell what's true. There are no truths outside the gates of Eden. And then I shall be free. We, we listened to that during Woody Guthrie month, uh, 3000 years ago. But he has a uh, follow up to that called I Will Be Free Number 10. He says, now I got a friend who spends his life stabbing my picture with a Bowie knife, dreams of strangling me with a scarf. When my name comes up, he pretends to barf. I've got a million friends. Oh, Bob Dylan uh, says the word barf in this He does song? say the, the word barf. Ooh, is that a first? Barf, 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 barf. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. Thanksgiving memes. And then the final two dreams to mention are two times where he mentions his own dreams, which I think we could say this is a series of dreams. The narrator is talking about his dreams. It might not be Bob yeah. Dylan. Uh, but in the song Never Say Goodbye, episode five, Planet oh, come Waves. Come man. My dreams are made of iron and steel with a big bouquet of roses hanging down from the heavens to the ground. And the final one is talking World War Three blues, probably his most famous dream quote, which you might have heard this quote. Um, well, t- now time has passed and it seems everybody's having them dreams. Everybody sees itself walking around with no one else. Half the people can be part right all of the time and some of the people can be all right part of the time, but all the people can't be all right all of the time. I think Abraham Lincoln said that. I'll let you be in my dream if I can be in yours. I said that. I think Bob Dylan is probably uh, like a, yeah, like I, he probably gets into that sometimes. I bet he has that. <laughs> probably has a series of dreams sometimes. Yeah, I think he probably has that show. wooden plaque that just says dreams in oh, cursive man. lettering. Yes, exactly, over <laughs> the kitchen oh, man. window. <laughs> just to remind himself. <laughs> Tonight, yes. I'll dream. Let's go. Cool. As he makes, what kind of food do you think he makes? Wine. He makes no, he was whi- He makes some whiskey. He, has some he whiskey. does have oh. his own whiskey, for sure. I do. Th- again, do you think he's made... Whiskey for dinner? <laughs> Somebody let him into a whiskey distillery, and they slapped a label on it with his face. No. What, what do you think is They slapped his face with a label? This is a, yes. bo- uh, this is a barrel that Bob Dylan has wandered around. Yes. This is Bob Dylan whiskey. No, he, three he does metalworking. Really? Yes, and so his metalworking... Cool. He makes, like, really ornate gates. Gates, like metal yeah. Gates. So, yeah. like, he- I walk yeah. In, yeah, and then this is... It's something to do with that. It's a tie-in. With the name of the whiskey is like a tie-in to heaven. Heaven, not heaven's game. Iron, not heaven's game. Iron girl from no country. 
Heaven Girl from No Country. Anyways, uh, all of that dreaming is to say that Bob Dylan still talks about dreams. This song, it's always been minor to me. It's not, I, I like it, it's fine. Yeah. But it's not one that I would say is, is super necessary. I don't put it in the same league as Dignity. So if we're going to talk about outtakes and stuff, that's definitely the one. Mm. But it is interesting that Series of Dreams is better than some of O Mercy. And that's kind of how it all plays out in my brain. And I'm sure a lot of Dylan fans' brain is like, if we're taking this as a whole, I think it gets lost in the shuffle. But if we're just talking about one album and we're like, what could have been? What could have been O Mercy? Then, yeah, I think this song is good enough to... to knock out disease of conceit and some of like the the lamer when teardrops fall like just kind of like put them aside and put something like this on here there's some meat here yeah more meat than some of his other songs it's just very interesting because like we gravitated a lot with the u2e version Mm. the version that has more of that instrumental buildup, and the version that has clearer bob dylan lyrics and less of an overall motion to the song we glossed over a bit more, I think, because it remains more flat, more consistent, yeah. and feels like it doesn't go anywhere as much, even though it's mostly. The yeah, same I song. think it. I, yeah, I think you're right. It doesn't go, and but I think most people would prefer that, and I think mm-hmm. on some way yeah. I would prefer that. Yeah, too. yeah. It's I'd like, rather is, have is him. that the conceit of the of the song itself is that it does that, and is it better in a more pure and distilled flatness? rather than a more produced... Yeah. Right, like, the song without the bridge is, is like, not taking itself overly seriously. It's like, this is just the raw version that I am. And the the U2 version is like, kablammo, let's inject this song with steroids. But Maybe the people will like it more. Yeah, and I think he wanted to make a hit, and he had these elements that I think he could make a hit. But I think you're absolutely yeah. right. So we and really do have a Bob version and a late version. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. And there's two other out there. Bob and oh, sorry. Uh, this is, like, not important. But I was going to mention this earlier. I was wondering if you got this vibe at all. Hmm. Specifically that the, like, um, when he, the way he delivers, it's like there's two little lines in every verse. Uh, I don't know. This is one of the last ones from BobDylan.com where it's like, wasn't looking for any special assistance, not going to any great extremes. The cadence of his voice sounds exactly like Lenny Bruce. Oh. Like, they stamped him and they labeled him like they do with pounds and shirts. He never <laughs> cut <laughs> off <laughs> a children's head, a child's oh, yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting. So, like, if, yeah. if I had enough time and commitment, I was going to do a supercut. I was going to find a karaoke version of Where the Streets Have No Name wow. and put the lyrics for Lenny Bruce over it. <laughs> Stay tuned, listener. We have all day. That's We're cooking ribs. That's what this song is to me. It's Lenny Bruce. <laughs> Over with the streets I've known. <laughs> See, that's damning. We did a whole episode on Lenny Bruce, and then we did the album Shot of Love, and we couldn't even bring ourselves to talk about Lenny Bruce. God, our brains have been so warped. I they, see. Fuck, trust yourself. Lenny Bruce has <laughs> fucked you up. You're, there's, there's no returning from this. He was an outlaw. That's for sure. More of an outlaw than you ever were. Lenny Bruce is gone, but his spirit's living on and on. Maybe he had some problems. Our, yeah. our other two best friends invited us to their Lenny Bruce podcast. 
We politely declined. <laughs> I'm sure that podcast would be great. Yes. And they probably cool. make fun of that song. I would hope and so. Also and Bob Dylan probably. Possibly. Uh, maybe, I, don't I don't think so. In a weird parallel mega universe. I mean, mega universe. Mega, mega universe. <laughs> oh my God. We have to end this. Kendra, John, did you guys know that we're a real podcast? I knew that you made real podcasts. And you. I believe so. You, you just believed this whole time. That hey, you, what you were doing was the power of belief the is incredible. Well, we are a real podcast, and you're listening to us at SOTW Pod, and we are at SOTW Pod everywhere. We're on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, John. You can follow us on Instagram mm-hmm. if you want those intermittent updates. I love them. I'm gonna get them right now. He's oh gonna God. do it right now. He's, He's doing it right now. He right pulled now. his phone out, and pull, you can be yeah. like John right now. Pull out your phone at phone. SOTW Pod at Instagram. You know, Facebook, all that kind SOTW of stuff. SOTWPod.com. SOTWPod.com if you want show notes you want to you know uh, you forgot what John's name is his name will be in the show notes it's John it's John (laughs) but I mean think about it in the future you're going to forget what his name is and you're going to forget what Kendra's name is who am I and you're going to forget what Kelly's name is who was Kelly my name and then you're going to forget everything yeah shout out to BeepyPod (laughs) (laughs) and if you really like us and want to join our patrons and uh, have a, have an episode randomly sponsored by you. The, no telling what it could be. It, it won't be Lenny Bruce because we've already done it. So at <laughs> least you dodged That's the bullet safe. there. Every week, we endeavor to make a Spotify playlist for us, mainly for Kelly and I, but you guys are also part of the crew this week. We listened. Yeah, we all we make we make a playlist. We listen to it for the whole week, and then we share it with you at the end of it, so you can go listen to our playlist. Just type in Series of Dreams, SOTW, Pod, whatever, and you'll find it on Spotify. Um, before we even get into everything, how was the playlist for you two? Was it confusing? There was, was you cool? two on it. Oh, okay. yeah. No, it was. It was great. I love how you tied in both having songs that are about dreams, yeah, like Dreams by Fleetwood Mac, okay. and songs that clearly have some kind of connection, either direct or just tangential to the actual song series of dreams. Yes. I really liked the inclusion of the Cranberry song because yes. it felt very much like that mm-hmm. '80s arena sparkle, ephemeral vibe, and that really worked out for me. Because it sounds just like the song, and it has dreams in it. So, and cranberries is great. They're great. Yeah, Dolores. Yes. The whole playlist was a nice, a nice throwback to yes. that feeling. And if you really want to feel that feeling, as if it's 2017, mm-hmm. you can go listen to our hour and a half cranberries podcast. <laughs> yeah. We talked about the cranberries on mixed up confusion. Remember mixed up confusion? Mixed up, mixed up confusion. I don't remember it, but <laughs> Daniel does. I do. Uh, welcome back to the playlist. You two. Only for the second time. We've only had you two twice so far. Nine Inch Nails for the fifth time. If you want to, if you're a Nine Inch Nails fan, John, we devote uh, an April Fool's episode to Nine Inch Nails. Wonderful. And you can we go. Didn't do that. that was a different podcast. Oh, that was a different podcast. What was the name of the podcast that did that? <laughs> into the Void. Into the Void. Sorry, never mind. It wasn't us. It was Into the Void. The Into the Void crew. <laughs> Did a podcast. It just happened to come out on April first. And end up, ended up in our feed somehow. <laughs> ended up in our feed. Real fucking we weird. We love Nine Inch Nails. We, yeah. I've never listened to Trent them. Trent so. Reznor. We love. I you. mean, I've only heard five songs. Clearly, because there's the five, five on the playlist. Five on the playlist. <laughs> I, otherwise, I don't know. Uh, Kendrick Lamar for the second time. Nice. Uh, however, unfortunately, Fleetwood Mac. 
I, I make these in-depth lists of our playlist and all of the, the songs that we do. Oh, we already have And then song. I never check them. So uh, Fleetwood Mac Dreams, of course, Dreaming of You from the, uh, our very first music video month, episode 62. We use Dreams from Fleetwood Mac. We're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And we also, Elusive Dreams from Nancy Sinatra. And you already used that one too? We already used it. Oh, so, well, shit. So this is a new record for us, a new low. Great song. I was wondering Somewhere. how I had heard that song before. I was like, man, I've heard this before. Surely I've just come across <laughs> the it. The Fleetwood Mac song? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> the Nancy Sinatra spoo- like, oh no. Oh, 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 they've caught us doing something. <laughs> no, no, my mustache. Take a look at the album cover. You will laugh. I promise. It's uh, funny. Kelly Uchis? Yeah, Kelly Uchis has been on there for sure. Two, two. Yeah. Two times, second time for her, although she was a recommendation. Uh, when she dropped the EP way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tallest Man on Earth, of course, the great Tallest Man on Earth. S- number six, sixth time for Tallest Man. We all went to we Tallest Man. We love Tallest Man, yep. Not John, sorry, John. But the three of us <laughs> Wish went. you were there. Oh, yeah, you would have had a, a Tallest ball. Man, he's incredible. I would have been able to see the over the whole crowd. Could have been nice. <laughs> we were all sitting. John is the <laughs> second <laughs> Tallest <laughs> Man on Earth. <laughs> second, tall, second only to Kong. <laughs> uh, tallest Man on Earth. Because we can't go to concerts anymore, and King Cruel's concert will always be something that has become Aww. a meme, and we're just going to talk about it forever. King Cruel. I don't know. Yet. King, King Cruel. King Cruel. We're you just... invited me to that, Kelly. Yeah. Okay. So that's the thing. I didn't end up getting the tickets then, because he was supposed to play here on my birthday, Crystal. No, at the Roseland or something. Whatever. Roseland. And that didn't happen. Uh, but it got canceled. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, on a whim, I was like, I wonder if people, since it got canceled, might have sold their tickets or like something happened. So I was like, I'm just going to check real quick to see if there are any tickets. And there were tickets. And I put in three and it was like not available. The request, I was like, okay, what if I just put in two and then I was able to buy them. So I literally bought the last two tickets for the rescheduled show. So you're not going. Nice. Sorry, but That's fine. It's probably That's not going to happen anyway. So it's rescheduled oh, it's for September. Well, congratulations. Best of luck. Yeah. Cheers. And in that vein, I think we're basically at this point just putting King Cruel on every playlist as if it does seem like that. As if it's a thing. So this is only the second one, but it just keeps popping up. And I think that's wrong. I think it's three. Uh, and Jeff Rosensock, the great Jeff Rosensock, uh, for the third time, his new album called No Dream. The song No Dream is on our playlist. And go listen to No Dream because it's the greatest. No Dream is kind of the opposite of this song, though, which is Yes Dreams. <laughs> yes Dreams. Series of them. Series and he of says, yes, yes Dreams. No Dream. No Dream. No Dream. No Dream. Oh. And welcome to the playlist for the very first time, as much as I hate to say it, the Cranberries for the very first time. Why would oh. you hate to say it? They are wonderful. You did a whole show. Because so I can't believe they haven't so been on there. Oh, I have been on our We've done an entire <laughs> mixed up confusion about... I mean, I think that's probably why. I'm I know, mixed up probably, and confused yeah. as to why they've never been on the playlist Are before. Are you sure? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Wait, like, Wake Up and Smell Like Coffee was never on? Really? Wow. We haven't done one more Do cup of coffee. Do you have to we'll let it linger? It will definitely be on. And then uh, a couple bands I've never heard of in my life. Noble Oak. Huh? Yeah, never heard of them either. Uh, they did end up on my Loki Beach Party playlist, though, because that is the vibes that that song is giving. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, Chalal Hood was very, that was yeah. a really cool uh, Middle Eastern style. It was it was neat. It was neat. Uh, Rachel Grimes as well. Uh, Rachel Grimes. Was, uh, yeah, right after that one. String orchestra thing. Yeah, I don't know. Really great lead ins to other songs Apparently as it all like kind of turned out. she's like a big fucking deal. Like, no, no, Rachel no. Grimes is not Orchestra's Grimes. Not no, 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 no. She's a uh, multi instrumentalist, does like um, primarily string instruments, but she's, yeah. she's a huge composer. Like, I never. So she does orchestral stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ooh. It's really pretty. And then I closed out with, uh, again, Kelly, you always say you hate long songs, and then it's like, here's a nice eight-minute I know, and then I song. picked an eight-minute long math song. Yeah, and it was great. Hella. 
Yeah. That I've never heard of Hello. Me, I thought for sure I was like, this is something Daniel would have heard before. Remember when we went to go see somebody? Maybe it was Minus the Bear, and a weird mathcore band opened for them. Mm. It reminded me a lot of that. Do you think do it you, was? I do remember. Was it? Was that Minus the Bear? It must have been because it was at the Roseland. Yeah, and I think I've only been there that one time. Yeah, there it was. It was for yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, I've seen a lot of mathcore bands in my day, but you, that was the last time for sure. Yeah. And it was cool, and it was weird because it was Minus the Bear's last show, and it's like, who is this band? Anyways, if you want to listen to our Spotify playlist, you can follow us. See that my playlist is kept clean on Spotify. Just search for that, and we update that every time we're about to release a new episode. So it'll just one day be randomly for something, and then we'll delete it, and we'll put something else on there. So just be checking back constantly. So you can listen along. For that. We were also people in the world this week, and we're going to start with our guests. Normally at this point, we let people know just what we were doing for this last week and any sort of recommendations. But since you're here for the first time, hopefully not the last time, any like recommendations over a longer period of time? It just doesn't have to be just this week, but just something you think people in this moment in July or whatever should go out and do or see or listen to. John, we'll start with you. What what would you recommend for somebody? It doesn't have to be Bob Dylan related, just what do you love and other people should love as well? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, um, uh, Kendra and I have been kind of going through a very big shifting point in our lives, yeah. and something that we've we've turned to that, um, that we've really come attached to that I really like is The Midnight Gospel, which is an animated series on Netflix that's basically a, it's a Duncan Trussell podcast animated by Pendleton Ward. Ward. Yeah. And it, uh, it starts out very ridiculous, but it's like about tripping, and then it becomes about not that. And it's really poignant, and it's basically like been the most important thing in our lives all of a sudden that's just come down from on high of the media mountain. And its significance and amount of tears it has given me is just something that I cannot recommend enough. <laughs> um, so I say definitely check that out. That is worth a watch. And it's if you've got Netflix, it's just right there. Nice. Definitely. Wow. It's also only eight episodes long. It's really short and sweet. It's animated really beautifully. It's really, really deep and powerful. And it's like about death. And it's about podcasts. It's a space podcast. Um, and he like basically lives in a lives in a weird little house. And he astral travels through this weird vagina computer and goes to other planets and other dimensions and interviews creatures and beings from those other dimensions and w- with an underlying theme of death. And it's very powerful and very beautiful. And John and I cannot recommend it more highly enough. That's the Midnight yes. Gospel. Amazing. I can't. We can't top that. Should we say that they're related? You know, they're brother and sister. These two. <laughs> oh yes, we probably should mention that. Should That's we why we've been saying the same things <laughs> at, at the, the same, same time. time. <laughs> did I not say it? No, I, no, I think I did. I think at the very beginning, I did say it, brother John. Brother John. Brother John. John. Farmer John. Brother John. Brother John. Hello. hello, good evening to you all. Oh, hello, brother, brother John. John. Hello. A- anything else media-wise? Hello, Sister Kendra. Um, well, everyone, I finally got on the bandwagon. I started watching Avatar, The Last Airbender. The animated like Nickelodeon series. The animated yes. Nickelodeon series from 2006. That's I mean, it's from, like, it's early from a long time ago. Yeah. But uh, Netflix just put it on. Everybody really likes it. And uh, it's really great. So Basically, like this, Dragon this Ball Z. very silly show that I've been ridiculing for the last 12, 15 years. For no real reason. I'm like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> Give it a go. Sometimes it's like that, I guess. I, I until see the later seasons. So Kendra's recommending, think about something that you hated in 2006. Yeah. And go Give it check try. it out. <laughs> My life. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, everything's well, we, fine now. We we can't we can't go back to 2006 and, uh, and no examine our lives. To. No one wants to. Jesus, God no. Uh, no, but please, uh, yeah, pick up 2006 media. I think pick pick something from 2006 tonight, and just and then watch it. Midnight Gospel, which is from 20. And then. Watch Midnight Gospel, absolutely. Kelly? I guess inspired by our playlist last week, I was listening to a lot of Guided by Voices. I listened to almost their whole discography. Mm. God damn, they're prolific. They have a lot of fucking albums. But it's really good. I've been enjoying every single song. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, now, of big... course, obviously, I, I can name a single one. But... What's their big one? What's Guided by Voices? <laughs> no idea. No idea. We all know one. the name. Well, yeah. We all know the name, Guided by Voices. <laughs> yeah. They have that hit. We've all been guided. That hit, the voices guide you. <laughs> right, 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 right. I mean, I did pop into their their first Ooh. track, their biggest track on Spotify, and I wasn't familiar. But it had like a million, three million hits, like plays. So, I don't know, man. Uh, maybe I'm totally wrong. In my head, they're like a big band. I can't like, think. I keep confusing them. Guided by voices. Never heard of them. Whoa. Um, what's okay. well, they were like big in the late seventies, early eighties, I guess. Oh, um, really? Am I, I just? Keep, I'm wrong. I just. I genuinely. They're saying no. Like I know they're a different band. I know Guided by Voices is not the Talking Heads, but it might. Are when they, I hear Guided by Voices, I'm like, oh, David Byrne. Yeah. Are they stylistically no. similar? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of, but no. Kind, kind of, yeah. kind of. It's like arty, spacey a little bit, but not okay. not in the same way as Talking Heads. And like the guys not monotone, they sing and stuff. And I don't know. It's I like it. It's really yeah. good. But we so, don't know anything about it. I and I got a new old guitar. I got a Gibson SG. So. Oh, Gibson SG. Yeah, yes. that's important. That was really cool. You just got that a couple days ago, right? Yeah, and yeah. I haven't really played it a lot yet because I'm scared to break it. But, and also I found out that we have a grounding issue in our house where our amp sounds like shit. At first I thought the pickups were fucked up and I was like having a mental breakdown because I was like, I just paid so much money for this guitar and it doesn't work and I love it and I don't know what to do. Uh, but it's fine. It's just our house is fucked up. So that's cool. <laughs> what, that's, can, what can you do? That's me. So what have you been doing, Daniel? Uh, I I just been listening to music at my dumb day, day job. Uh, I've been listening to Phoebe Bridgers' Punisher, Protest the Heroes, Palimpsest, 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 sure, Palimpsest, and uh, Bad Cop, Bad Cop. I have a new album out called The Ride. Oh, that's cool. Um, that. Yeah, and it's uh, really good. All of them are great. Um, otherwise, we are through. Everybody, it's over. We're, we're done. Well, simple, it's been wonderful. simple twist of fate. That's another song. Series of Dreams in the books forever. Goodbye, Series of Dreams. Will you ever listen to the song again, John? Perhaps on a whim, like when I'm just like feeling kind of on a funky day and I'm like, ah, remember that time when I got to be on the podcast that listening to is like hanging out with my friends and I actually did hang out with my friends? (laughs) So when another podcast in the future in 2032 says... Pick something from 2020 media and revisit it. You're going to be like, uh, uh, I'm going to re-listen to Series of Dreams. 1991. Yeah. No, no, no. But I'm going to re-listen to the podcast. And then you're going to, you're going to get these vibes. And you're going to say, ah, this was nice. They didn't know. It did come back around. And and it does work. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, John, when you revisit this 16 years from now, let us know if it came around. And yeah. And then my words will be, will come to fruition. Yes. Mm -hmm. We'll have to revisit. At that point, we'll all get back together to re-listen to Series of Dreams. Hello and welcome. (laughs) It's been 40 years on the Sign of the Window podcast. I haven't dreamed in decades. Where we have... Come from New York suddenly. I don't remember sleep. <laughs> well, New York has taken over all of America, so York, yeah. it is just the greater New York area. Welcome Everyone to, talks like this now. Welcome to New York City, formerly known as Oregon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or in the Texas Arcana neighborhood. <laughs>
Unfortunately, you guys will not be here for our next episode. Kelly. It's okay. You'll have a blast. You picked all of the episodes that we were going to do for the final music video month. Oh, no. Next week, we are going back to 1970. A song that Bob Dylan, and it should not be on this show, but he does have a music video for it. <laughs> so we're going to talk Pretty Sarah. Pretty Sarah. Pretty Sarah. Oh, she's C? so pretty. Huh? Sarah with a C? S-A-R-O. Oh, what the fuck? Yes, what? Pre- pretty Sarah. Sarah. And, uh, Bob- Sarah! Amazing. And we'll see you next week for that. We will talk about music videos, and John and Kendra will not be here, and that will be very sad. That will be sad. That's okay. You guys will do great. We, we love you. You guys will have so much fun listening to Kelly and Daniel in so the original sure version of the podcast. Join us next week for a less good episode. Yes. <laughs> and maybe a less fulfilled episode is all. And maybe John and, and Kendra will just like take over the pod, and then they can just do 112 episodes instead we of We know us. a lot about Bob. Hello and welcome to Hello. Sign on the Window. We're here now. Okay, three's a crowd. <laughs> Listen, we gotta do some downsizing. Kelly, Daniel, I'm sorry to have to tell you this. Three is a crowd. You have to go. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Leave it to the two of us. Uh, John, do you want people to know who you are on social media? Flavin Bagel. I don't really, I'm not, I don't really have Twitter as much though. Like it's there, but it doesn't do anything. Instagram yeah. is probably the best way to find out my shit. And that's at Flavin Bagel. On Instagram.com. Just like it sounds. F-L-A-V-I-N. Bagel. B-A-G-E-L. And yes. if you want to give yeah. a good old fashioned stock to my life, you can find me at Kindromeda. And that's all of those will be on our show notes. Yeah. At SOTW. How do I? It's like my name, which is Kindra. Well, no people. Yeah. Oh, it's not like my name. It's K I N D R O M E D A. I mashed up my name with a galaxy. Hope it's, that's cool for y'all. Everyone guess which one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. She did not like that comment. <laughs> uh, unfriend. <laughs> so goodbye. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 What's frozen? In another, a witness to crime. In one, I was running, and in another, all I seemed to be doing was climbing. Wasn't looking for any special assistance.